Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, uh, we officially have submitted our ballots for SEC order finish and then predictions for first team, second team, all SEC and so on. We're going to take this time to share those. Uh, and also have a couple of stories and storylines that have come out of SEC Media Day today, which wraps up down there in Hoover. And then the official ballots will come out tomorrow, but we're going to give ours today and then we'll recap the official ballots tomorrow. But I guess just what are some of your thoughts now that SEC Media Day has come to a close? Yeah, I got SEC Network pulled up. I was over here watching Paul Feinbaum. I mean, that room's about empty now. So talking season uh, is officially underway. I thought it was a pretty good week uh, in Hoover. I tried to watch some of it. I, I didn't have to see every coach talk, but I watched quite a bit. But, I mean, overall, I think just the general excitement, you know, we talked about last year how strange it was to have not covered. I mean, obviously we didn't do anything in person. So, usually, you know, you see practice a fan day. You, you're around these guys. You see the physical changes that they've made. But last year you just jumped right into it. I mean, first time I saw any of these guys was – I didn't even go down there. I know you did, but, like, at Auburn – you turn the TV on, it's the first time you see, you know, guys who, who you haven't seen in a long time. Whereas this year, we've already seen some some coaches up close. We've seen the players, a couple of players from each school, and it just feels uh, more normal. That was probably my biggest takeaway is just yeah. the optimism coming out of there that, that this year should be a much more normal college football season. I mean, God willing, I sure yeah. hope it is. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to be down there. Had a really good time. I said this uh, on Tuesday that it was the first time that I had got to see Mark Stoops face-to-face since the Belt Bowl because we didn't – I didn't get that, and I wasn't at the uh, the Schlarman where he spoke uh, the Schlarman event earlier in the summer. So, the different – I should say different times, but normal times. Like, it feels good yeah. to get back to that. But let's go ahead and let's jump right into this thing. So, the official SEC order finish will release on Friday morning. So, the ballots close – here in about the next hour or two. So we're recording at 4 Eastern time right now. I think a ballot ballots close at 6 o'clock is when the last ballot has to be submitted. Uh, Derek, I know that ours are similar in ways. It, it's hard not to be similar in the SEC when you've got the Alabamas and the Georgias and stuff there near the top. But we do have some differences on our ballots. Uh, do you want to do – let's start with Kentucky. Let's start with the East first. You want to give yours and then I give mine? Yeah, you want me to give my whole predicted order of finish for the East? Yeah, do whole order of finish there, okay. and then we'll talk about them. Yeah, so I went with uh, Georgia as the champion of the SEC East and also the overall champ, but I'll dig into that more later. Uh, two, I had Florida. Three, I had Kentucky. Four, Missouri. Five, Tennessee. Six, South Carolina. And seven, Vanderbilt. So, we, I mean, we are different quite a bit on this. Uh, obviously, at the top – we both agree that Georgia is winning the league. I actually predict Georgia to go undefeated and in the, in the conference. I expect them to go 8-0. I have Kentucky at two. Uh, I've done this before, and then an injury to Terry Wilson early in the season kind of derailed that. So I was like, God, do you want to do it again? Because there are questions at quarterback. But I like that what we know about Kentucky and what we've known about Kentucky is that they're going to have a powerful offensive line. They're going to have a really good ground game. They're going to make plays on defense. I like Kentucky at two. I got Florida at three, Missouri at four, South Carolina at five, Tennessee at six. While Twitter is going to burn us to the ground if they listen to this podcast. And then Vandy at seven. And then, obviously, I will get into who I pick winning the SEC. You've already said Georgia. So, my reason for Kentucky at two is this, Derek. 
Kentucky has averaged, if I'm not mistaken, for the last understood was it to is it four SEC wins a year since I want to think what would that average be? I, I, I well, they've only I don't know the average off the top of my head, but they've only had fewer than four wins once in the yeah. league since 2006. Well, yeah, well, yeah, last year they technically had four. So uh, they've they've won four games, I think, three times since 2016. They won five in 2018, and then of course three in 2019. So and, and I know that up real quick while you talk. And that's the comfortable number that I have on Matt right now. That I think, at worst, honestly, I think that this team goes four and four in the league. And we've seen in the past that that's enough to get you into that three hole right there and have a chance. I'm giving them a head-to-head win against Florida to five and three, and I had Florida at four and four. Uh, which drops them obviously to three. But I think that even you look at schedules and stuff, I think Kentucky could still get the two even if they don't beat Florida. Have you seen Florida's schedule? Florida plays Alabama. Florida plays Georgia. Florida plays LSU. I think Florida loses all three of those games. And then you have a game at Missouri late in the season. That's why game two for me, Kentucky-Missouri, is the biggest game on Kentucky's schedule. I know Florida, LSU, Georgia, everything's there. None of that matters to me if you can't get Missouri at Kroger Field in week two. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I know you've got some numbers to share later on that series, and we got some uh, audio from Missouri head coach Eli Drinkwitz today talking about Kentucky. But I totally agree with you. For both those teams, I mean, whoever wins that game, you're allowed to at least dream a little bit you are. about what the East, uh, what we, about what you could do in the SEC East. It is. Um, just from listen, obviously you can tell UK's coaching staff really wants to win that game. And then once you hear what Drinkwitz had to say today, you can tell just how important that game is for both teams. And to have it early in the year, I don't know if it's good or, or bad or indifferent. Um, I actually like it. I like coming out of the gates, having a having a game in week two that means that much to both teams. I mean, it could perhaps propel you. If you're UK, you could be looking at a 4-0 start if you win that game. If you're Missouri – if you look at Missouri's schedule, they might be looking at a 6-0 start if they can take uh, take down Kentucky. So this is a huge game for both teams. Um, I don't know when you want to share those numbers, but you have some some like, actual statistical evidence to back up. One, how close the series has been, and then two, how important it is in terms of the pecking order in the SEC East for these two teams, depending on who does win that game. Well, you mentioned before we started recording, the, the question was asked by a reporter today at SEC Media Day, 177 to 177 is the score between Kentucky and Missouri in this series. And then the more important note of that, though, Derek, is that whoever wins this matchup has finished above the loser in the SEC East standing. So at, at one point, South Carolina game was kind of the swing game that I thought mm-hmm. really got Kentucky moving and going in the right direction. They've won six of the last seven, and we're talking that series. And Kentucky, obviously, they had a five-game winning streak against Missouri that was snapped last year, uh, 20 to 10 out there in Columbia. But this feels like that game now that you circled, especially how early it is in the schedule, it really propels you or it kind of just – to me, it could bury you, honestly, whoever loses that game. Because you mentioned Missouri's schedule. They could go into the middle of the schedule. I think they host Texas A&M. And they could be undefeated going into that game if they beat Kentucky. And you can make the same argument for Kentucky. They could be undefeated playing Florida and Lexington. Yeah, I feel like if you're Kentucky, if you can beat Missouri, and, you know, I don't want to chalk up an automatic W on South Carolina. It's a road game. It's in the SEC. Who knows what could happen. But I feel like if if they can beat Missouri, you kind of have a cushion to withstand a potentially tough October. Let's say you do lose – 
three in a row, as I think most people probably pick Kentucky to lose to Florida, LSU, and uh, Georgia. But let's just say they actually do lose four in a row. Uh, they lose that game in Starkville like they have historically the past few years. You're still sitting at four and four with the chance to close out with four more wins. I mean, that would be kind of a funny <laughs> funny season, win four, lose four, win four, uh, to close the regular season. I think that, you know, you kind of have a spot where you never get under 500 if you can beat Missouri. I mean, potentially, you know. I don't know that UK is just so much better than than some of these teams that I think in terms of I'm talking about anyone in the conference outside of Vanderbilt. I'm not sure they're just so much better that you think they're going to win no matter what, like you can do for a case like Georgia. I mean, you can look at Georgia and look at probably four or five teams that it would take a, a miracle basically for them to lose. Obviously, UK is not there. Um, to get to that special season, I mean, obviously it does start with Missouri. And then you got to take care of business against the teams that I have them ranked below or ranked uh, above, excuse me, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Vandy. That middle portion of the schedule will define, though, if how special of a season this is because you got to find a way, you know, to, to in your rankings, obviously you have them beating Florida. I'm not ready to go that far. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, it's just the fun part of this, the preseason. I try to look everybody in the best possible lens right now. I try to look at it and say, hey, what is the most optimistic outlook for all these teams? And that's how I try to rank them. And uh, for Kentucky, I think an eight-win an eight win season will just about guarantee them at least a third, uh, third spot in the SEC East. And this is where I was coming from, too, that obviously if Kentucky beats Florida head-to-head, I really like their chances to finish, too. But I still oh, yeah. think that there's a path for Kentucky to finish, too, even if they lose to Florida head-to-head. Because when we talk – you don't want to assume that, like you said, Kentucky's not just going to dominate teams like they're going to play some close games against teams in the bottom half of this division Mm -hmm. that's just how it is but I look at the schedule and I give them the edge against Missouri because it's at home and I think that this is really going to be a motivated staff and a motivated locker room to right the ship and correct what happened last year in Columbia you would like to think that they can take care of business against South Carolina I know it's not a for sure thing no road game to me is for sure in the SEC and then after that Let's say that they do lose to Florida. I don't think that LSU is just going to walk into Kroger Field, Derek, and just be dominant over Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to be able to have some success in that matchup. And then let's say they lose to Georgia. You go get one at Mississippi State, and then you have winnable games on the end. I could see Kentucky, honestly, anywhere from four and four in the league to six and two in the league. I don't see three and five, and I don't see seven and one or eight and no, but I could see six and two if they find a way to split those four games and they take care of business against the teams that I do think that they're, they're better than, and they've recruited better than. I mean, if they go six and two, you're looking at a potentially 10 and two season, uh, which would obviously be the best mark under Stoops. I could, I'd say the ceiling for me before we know anything else, I would say non wins. It's hard for me to say any more than that. And I think even, I think that's being pretty, um, I don't know if optimistic is the word, in terms of giving respect to UK, like I think that's pretty strong to say, hey, if everything goes right, you can win nine games because for a long time you might look at a, a peak of seven or eight wins. So I think, um, like we said in the past on here, I think beating Florida is definitely a possibility. Uh, they have to retool a lot of that offense. They're, I think they still have some really good players, but they're just going to look different than what uh, they did this past year where they <laughs> – seem like they threw the ball every single down. Uh, that's not going to be the case this year. I think they got a pretty good group of running backs. Emory Jones um, is going to be developing as a passer, but certainly a much more athletic uh, threat to run the football than what Kyle Trask was. So I think you'll see them have a little bit different mentality this year. 
Um, with Kentucky, man, if I just knew for sure that that whoever the quarterback is is going to really step up and be very good, and if I knew that Liam Cohen would would certainly be the change that this team had to have, then, yeah, I, I could see their baseline talent. I would feel much better picking them to beat, you know, teams for sure, like Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee. Um, but until we see all that, you know, I, I kind of put them at eight and four. It's, it's kind of how I see Kentucky finishing this year. And not bad at all. I mean, if no, you, I mean, it's it to be the second yeah. best regular season since 1977. Yeah. If they yeah. did that. And and obviously I'm, I'm kind of just, or, no, sorry. I think 1984, uh, they won nine games, in 84. Sorry about that. And, and I'm kind of just assuming, right. That quarterback play is going to be improved because I don't think it could be worse. That's just <laughs> yeah. <how I'm> going. <laughs> it can't be worse. If it's worse, then we need to just scrap up all these predictions. Well, so but, do you think Kentucky has to be? To me, though, going off your rankings, I think Kentucky has to be significantly, significantly better on offense to get there. Whereas, where I think you can go one win, one win fewer by saying, or would you say six and two potentially in the East or in the that's, SEC? Right. That's what I think their ceiling is. Yeah. So to me, like the offense has to just be dynamite. Like it has to absolutely hit. To me, I think they can get to eight wins with just a moderately yeah. improved passing game. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. I I think that just a small improvement means eight wins. But if they improve the way that this staff thinks that they're improving and you add Wondell Robinson, and I, I still think, you know, obviously the defense lost. There's some stuff and some exodus to the NFL. There's still talent. And there's still guys on that side of the ball that are going to make plays. And I think there's guys that are kind of under the radar that are going to make plays on that side of the ball. If they can stay healthy, I really like what this team can do because I like the schedule. The middle of it is brutal, but it's not like it's undo like it's not like it's not something that's attainable. Like they can compete with those teams in the middle of that schedule. And I think that they're going to be good enough and competitive enough to possibly steal a couple of them. That it's to me, it's there. I, I think four and four is the floor. If they're if they go three and five in the league, then the program to me is going the other direction. They they've got to go four and four to keep to maintain what I think they're doing. But I, I think five and three would be massive. Six and two would just be. I mean, six and two would be the best one in Stoops' time. They went five and three the year that they played Georgia for the division in Lexington. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I do think if they went seven and five and they went three and five in the SEC, it would it would represent a, a little bit of a backslide because they would have lost to somebody most likely who they didn't lose to last year. Yeah. Because you're probably looking at losing to in my mind, you're probably losing to Missouri and Mississippi State plus the three other teams in October yeah. if you go three and five. So your only wins would be against South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt, the three teams that people think will be the worst in the SEC East. So uh I agree with you there. I mean, it, it's not like a Maybe we get back to the point where it feels like a missed opportunity and it gets a lot harder to sell well, playing in Atlanta if you only go uh, seven and five this year. They're getting help with their schedule where Florida is not. Florida plays Alabama as a crossover opponent. Kentucky gets Mississippi State. And then, you know, obviously, you Kentucky, know, yeah. And Kentucky gets LSU at home. And then Florida goes to LSU. So, I mean, the schedule, it, it helps Kentucky. I, I look at that when I make the, the slide there between two and three. I'm really interested to know why Cole Kublik thinks Kentucky at two. I mean, oh, we're going to have him on here at some point to talk about it. And he might, he might talk about it on another platform. I've not heard if, if he has, I've missed it, uh, but it, it's going to be intriguing, but we, we keep talking about this game against Missouri, Derek, my predictions go out the door if Kentucky loses week two to Missouri. And then Missouri is the team that I think follows suit and gets into the two spot. 
Like, although I have them at four right now, that's the difference. If Kentucky loses to Missouri, I drop them. It ain't to three. It's to two, it's to four. Mm-hmm. And if Missouri beats Kentucky, you have Missouri too. That's how confident I am that one of those two teams, I think, are just kind of just laying there, just waiting to kind of take advantage of Florida having to play in Alabama, Florida having to play in LSU and a Georgia. I, that's the that's where I have it. one of those two teams is finishing number two in my in my opinion. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is a pretty brutal crossover stretch for, uh, of course, Florida plays LSU every year anyway, but yeah, to draw Alabama this year, and they do get them at home, but that's not really meant a whole hell of a lot to most teams in the SEC, no matter where they played Alabama, didn't really turn out well for them typically. And they have to go to Missouri and Kentucky both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. They got a very difficult schedule. Um, I mostly chose them, and I wrote this on catspaws.com. I always kind of – I lean towards talent. And to be truthful, I just think Florida has better players still than UK. They've recruited better over the last four to five years. Um, But you're right about the schedule. I mean, there's even scenarios that you could see Florida beating Kentucky and still finishing below UK Mm -hmm. if UK, you know, takes down some other teams. So I don't think you're totally crazy by any means. I think the only way people would be crazy this year is to not pick Georgia. Yeah. to win the sec east oh, yeah. um and then in the sec west too i don't think it's quite as dramatic of a drop off between uh the teams over that side but still over history it's probably been proven that picking against alabama is not all that smart although i did pick against them in the sec championship game and even though that i have kentucky at two i don't think that they're really competing for the division and and here's yeah. why georgia's schedule Georgia plays – Georgia hosts South Carolina. They're at Vandy. They host Arkansas. They're at Auburn. I don't see Georgia having any trouble with Auburn this season. And no. then they host Kentucky, which I think out of those first five games might be their tough – That's probably their toughest game in the league, in my opinion, out of those first five. And then it's obviously the game with Florida, and then they host Missouri, and then they're at Tennessee. I just don't see Georgia having any trouble. If, if you're Kentucky and you're wanting to win the league, you probably got to beat Georgia because I just don't see Georgia losing more than one SEC game, if they even lose that one. I didn't realize they played uh, – that Missouri played at Georgia. Yeah. I didn't know. For some reason, I felt like they played – In November, November yeah. 6th. And then – Yeah, and ESPN gives late. Georgia 90% chance to win that game. So, yeah, yeah no, I'm with you. I've really analyzed this schedule. <laughs> Like I really go in depth when it comes to schedules. So we've got Georgia winning the East. Both of us do. So let's go ahead and let's cross over to the West here. And let's just talk about 
is it anybody besides Alabama at the top? I've got Alabama at one. I'm sure you've got the same thing. I do. And then I'll give you the rest of mine. I've got A&M at two. A&M was a, a team that flirted with a playoff spot a year ago. And I think, you know, Jimbo Fisher's back motivated, wanting to get A&M uh, to the top of the ladder there in the West. I've got LSU at three. I've got Ole Miss and that offense with Lane Kiffin at four. This is where we really get different, Derek, I think, in our ballots. I've got Arkansas at five. I've seen them as low as seven. And I've got our Auburn at six. But I've got Mississippi State bringing up the uh, kind of the floor there with uh, the West. Yeah, so I'm with you on uh, two through four, A&M, LSU, and Ole Miss. And then uh, this is what I wrote on Cat's Paws. I mean, I said that – so this was actually one area where I went and analyzed the schedules. I, you did it a little bit more than I did. But uh, I did try to pick out some points because I thought this was the toughest to select out of everything. Yeah. Um, I put Auburn fifth, Mississippi State sixth, and Arkansas seventh. And the main reason I went with Arkansas seven, I don't think they're going to be a horrible team. Matter of fact, I think with Sam Pittman there, you saw a little bit of a boost from them. Uh, they got some pretty good players there, one of the best wide receivers in the league, and Traylon Burks, and uh, some good linebackers as well on that side of the ball. But their schedule, when we're talking about teams that they have to play, one, Arkansas only has three uh, home games in the SEC. Most teams have four. They play a, a they always play Texas A&M and, yep. and Dallas, right? I think uh, yeah, they do. at Jerry World. Um, so their crossover games, though, depending on who you talk to, might be the top two teams in the SEC East. Some people probably rank it this way with Georgia and Missouri. So having to play Georgia, I think they had to play them last year too. And Missouri's a rivalry right. too. Yeah, and of course Missouri's uh, – they've not beat Missouri in a little while. Drinkwitz took a shot at them today, saying they can't remember the last time they lost to Arkansas. <laughs> so you play that SEC West schedule and then have to play Georgia and Missouri. I mean, you're, you're going to lose at least one of those games, yeah. uh, probably to Georgia. And then, But you look at Mississippi State, I would say they probably – and I don't want to make anybody mad, but like, Look, Auburn plays at Georgia, or they play against Georgia. I, can't, I think that game's actually in Auburn. But they also uh, – or is that right, Sean? Because I think they played at South Carolina last year. It just might be one of those weird things of COVID where they got to do the same thing again. Um, but I can't for sure remember because uh, South Carolina beat Auburn last year. It was one of the few wins that uh, <laughs> Will Muschamp was able to muster up last year. But point still stands. If you have to play Georgia, you got to play one of the best teams in the conference, a legitimate national championship contender. Mississippi State doesn't have to do that. Mississippi State hosts Kentucky and travels to Vanderbilt. So I think they got the easiest crossover out of all the teams. And because of that, I think I would probably pick them ahead of those other two. Because you can look at it for sure, probably, and say Auburn and Mississippi, or sorry, Auburn and Arkansas are going to lose one of those crossover games. Whereas historically, Mississippi State's been so good against UK and Starkville, and Vanderbilt's one of the worst teams in the league. So I think you could definitely see a 2-0 coming there, and that could be enough to, to kind of push them out of the cellar. Yeah, and you're just looking at Mississippi State's schedule. Uh, they're, they're starting 0-3 for sure in the league with losses to LSU, A&M, and Alabama, I think. That's how I would put it. And then – Those are some uh, tough games to start. <laughs> and, and I actually was giving Vandy a win. Like, I had Vandy in the <laughs> – in the seller of the SEC, but I sent you my win-loss records today, and I had them one and seven. I was giving them a win at home against Mississippi State with Mississippi State coming off a stretch of LSU, A&M, and Alabama, and no bye week going straight to – well, they have a bye week in between uh, A&M and Alabama, but do you really have a, a bye week if you're getting prepared to play Alabama? Wow. And then you wow. go straight to that, and then you host Kentucky. You're at Arkansas, at Auburn, and then you finish with the Egg Bowl. Um that was hard for me, though. Five through seven in the West was very hard. 
I just thought that Sam Pittman being in the league a year, I, I thought that that was kind of my reasoning for for bumping him to five. Mississippi State's schedule, the, the beginning of it, I'm I'm obviously picking Kentucky to beat them too. So there's four losses in my eyes, and then Auburn, uh, new head coach and everything too. But Auburn, kind of circle Auburn. Could could they surprise you a little? Maybe possibly. Is there enough still there? Um, got to have some more development probably from Bo Nix. Uh, they got Bigsby. They got some good players on defense. I just I just don't see them. I mean, maybe as high as I'd put them was probably fourth. Like, I could see them being better than Ole Miss yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, has the best quarterback in the league going in with Matt Corral. And then, you know, they're going to score. But will their defense improve enough to, to win enough games? Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I said five through seven was the toughest. Really, I'm just probably putting a lot of faith into Ole Miss and having a really good quarterback. But with how bad their defense was last year, you could definitely see them losing some games. I mean, they lost to Arkansas last year. Yeah. Wouldn't be stunned if it happened again. That's true. It's a good point. So that brings us to Atlanta with Alabama and Georgia. And I know everyone that listens to this podcast is hoping Kentucky gets to Atlanta. And personally, I'm hoping Kentucky gets to Atlanta because I'd love to cover Kentucky in the SEC championship game. I think that would rank above any bowl game, any NCAA tournament game, Derek, if we got to go to Atlanta and experience the SEC title game. Uh, So hopefully I'm wrong because it would be fun to be there, although Kentucky basketball is in Ann Arbor that day. So it would make a very interesting decision for a lot of people. If Kentucky plays Michigan in basketball and the Kentucky's in football in Atlanta, but a lot's got to happen before we can even talk about that. But we have Alabama and Georgia. You're going Georgia. I'm going Alabama. You finally think that Kirby Smart gets it done. And for the for the opposite reason, I went with Kentucky at two, even though we have a lot of question marks. Well, the biggest question mark to me is Georgia hasn't done it yet. And I'm not going with Georgia until they show me they can do it. Yeah, you mean in the sense of beating Alabama, right? And beating Alabama, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, of course, Georgia did win it his second year. They beat Auburn in the SEC championship game. I don't blame you at all for not picking uh, Georgia to beat Alabama. Uh, I think those are for sure the two best teams in the league. And I just, I just kind of think, and I talked to Bud Elliott about this, and he used that Dodgers analogy. I think it's a really good one. Like, uh, eventually, I just think you assemble so much talent, it's bound to break your way eventually, right? So that's kind of how I'm going with it this year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fair point. And it very well could go, could go either way, honestly. I, I like that we have some similarities on this. And we didn't talk about this. We both just cast our ballots, and then we're like, well, we'll talk about it on Kentucky Daily. And uh, that's that's what we did. And obviously, we're going to give you some content as well on with uh, Drinkwitz and his quotes today. He was asked about the series against Kentucky. Kentucky's been brought up quite a bit to a couple of these coaches, Derek, with uh, how competitive Kentucky's been, how important the Kentucky series is. And I think that you, you obviously when Mark Stoops was asked about Missouri, you got who Mark Stoops is. He's always going to say, well, that's game two. That's who Mark is. He's going to say, we're worried about Louisiana Monroe before we're worried about Missouri. But in the back of his mind, he knows they're preparing for that game. Well, it was nice to hear Eli Drinkwitz say that that's a big game. We know how big that game is going to be. It's already set for 730. It's on the SEC network. It, It was there a rivalry kind of in itself with Kentucky, South Carolina. The fans loved it, especially beating South Carolina every year. South Carolina wanted to finally end that streak. It feels like a rivalry that's not really a rivalry. It could be this one because I think this is a series that could remain competitive for a very long time and really determines where these two teams finish. Yeah, I think there's a healthy respect between these two teams because of that. You know, 
this game's not probably going to mean a ton to the overall, you know, who's going to actually win the SEC East. But for these two teams, and you talk about the pecking order at the end of the year, there's just no question that this game's one of the most important. And you talked about how close it's been, 177 to 177. That's really, really hard to believe. How, how, how many years back is that? Uh, that's a good question. 16, maybe 15, 16. I don't know. Yeah. Kentucky's had two pretty lopsided wins. Oh, well, 16 got to down to 14, I think, but they were up by 28 at one point. So, um, yeah, for not like, like you said, Missouri is more or less kind of supplanted South Carolina's UK's big rival for, for right now in terms of how important it is to win that game. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a massive game that I think sets up either team. I mean, it looms large, Derek. I mean, week two is really staring you right in the face if you're both these programs because you can see something special developing if you win that one. Uh, Kentucky, obviously, you could see a 4-0 start if they can take care of business in week two. And you would you like for them for sure to be three and zero if they do that going to Columbia, win that one. You've got a you've got four games out of your way on the win column against a brutal stretch. That if you can just survive, a really special season is there. If you can stay injury free and have some success, and you can make the same argument for Missouri as well. I think that's what makes it such an intriguing game. Wouldn't shock me if SEC Nation kind of picks that game in yeah. week two to go to. I think that that would be the one that you want to be on campus uh, for, but. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now. I know all the talk is about Texas and Oklahoma. More stuff continues to come out. I don't know if you want to touch on that maybe a, a minute or two before we wrap up. But it it just seems like we want to play the waiting game to see exactly yeah. what comes out next with that. I know you're seeing pods and stuff put together from the SEC Network that really makes it intriguing. I think they're they're on the right track, honestly, with a lot of these stuff. But I want more information to come out before we really dive into it. Because it's going to affect Kentucky if it happens. It's going to affect all the teams in the SEC if it goes down. But we'll we'll wait for that. Uh, but Derek, I know we're going to do a mailbag episode. We're going to, if we get enough, we're going to split it. The last time I looked, we really didn't have as yeah. much football. But if we can get to a fifteen minute episode, we'll split it. Uh, so continue submitting mailbag questions. It's not too late. You've got all Thursday evening and stuff to do. And then we'll be back on here tomorrow to recap the official. SEC ballot. Do I think Kentucky's going to be at two? I don't. <laughs> I think Kentucky honestly is going to be three or four from the ballots that I've seen cast that I know of that are public. Somebody, it, it's Kentucky been either two to four. I've not seen Kentucky lower than four, and they're not, nobody's putting Kentucky one. If somebody yeah. at SEC Media Day has put Kentucky one, they're probably going to be on every station being <laughs> interviewed for the next couple of weeks talking about why they did that. Uh, but as always, this episode, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Pineville, Kentucky, Williamsburg, Kentucky, and London, Kentucky. Make it out to the Butcher's Pub. Try the wings. Try the burgers. Anything on that menu, everything is delicious. The buffalo chicken sandwich, you can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.